0: What's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, bgsu offers an unrivaled experience all on a vibrant campus in one of america's best college towns it's also why bowling green state university is the number one school in the midwest that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row
1: josh allen
0: looking deep going deep
2: To me talking about the bills what else would you rather be doing
3: we're hoping to add a, a
2: new dimension to the cover one network a deep
1: down and it's five, five, six, six. right
2: now i just want to talk about this championship well, i would never had a championship caliber team to talk about i want to focus
1: some more on the storylines each week what are the big stories going on with the bills what are uh thoughts commentary how do these things impact buffalo deep drop
0: Deep throw, and it is hauled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone, and caught for a touchdown. For Allen deep downfield, wide
2: open. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Misery, here with Mike Bunt to talk Chiefs, Bills, Sunday, 4 o'clock, primetime Tony Romo again on repeat uh lots to go over here also touch a little bit on the stomping of the Pittsburgh Steelers but this is about Chiefs week Mike yes we enjoyed the victory on Victory Monday we're here to talk Chiefs we have a special guest coming up at seven right on the nose. so we're bringing it to you early here at 6 30 o'clock to 7 30 we'll have a guest and that's a really action-packed show Mike how you doing today
1: I'm doing great. It doesn't get any bigger than Chiefs week. Uh, this is what it's all about. Uh, as important of a regular season contest as you can get and week six of the season and coming off a stomping, as you said, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, feeling good right now.
2: That's great. We'll take a quick five minutes to talk about the Steelers game. I think that's about what we should allot for it. You were there. Give us your opinions on the field, what your thoughts were. You don't have to break down every play of that game here. As We're on to Kansas City, but tell me about your initial reactions and your thoughts about how that game went.
1: Just complete domination. The Bills crushed them. Uh, Josh Allen was getting whatever he wanted. In fact, that that could have been way more than a 35-point victory. That could have been a 50-plus-point victory if the Bills wanted to. Josh Allen missed digs on the throw uh, early in the game that – uh, ended up resulting in a field goal. You you remember the the blocked field goal. Uh, so there was still some points left on the board. Uh, the interception in the end zone. The fumble into the end zone. But uh, the Bills were essentially unstoppable when they weren't making uh, their own mistakes. The 98 yard touchdown pass, incredible into the wind uh, to Gabe Davis. The 62 yarder, an even more impressive play by Davis, uh, catching it one handed and then stealing it from. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Stefan Diggs got his nice to see Kyrie Elam get his first career interception was a tough day overall, but he made a play at the end of the half. James Cook, Khalil Shakir, both getting their first NFL touchdown. So how can you not uh, be excited at 35 point when the bills went into that game as heavy favorites and they took care of business with uh, mm-hmm. a few guys out of the lineup. And now uh, hopefully you'll have, Poyer, uh, Knox, and some of those guys back uh, for what could be a game that eventually decides the,
2: the one seed in the ASC. Now, Mike, one thing I wanted to ask you, though, specifically to the audience and the fans, you know, we saw an eruption during the t- long touchdown to start the game. How are the fans, like, how are the fans acting now with these drubbing's with these big games where you don't really feel like you're ever really threatened, especially, I mean, outside of the first two plays, I don't think you ever had any anxiety. Um, and immediately I, I tweeted, like, I would like Taiwan Jones to never touch the ball again. He didn't. Uh, I thought that was bizarre to not have Khalil Shakir. There's not a lot to lose with Khalil Shakir there. He's not going to do worse than whatever that was. Um, so what was the reaction? We couldn't really tell here observing and watching film. We can't really tell. Give us a little briefing on: Was the stadium still pumped? Was it just kind of an expectation now at this point when you're not playing someone like the Chiefs or the Ravens? What's going on on the field on a fan perspective?
1: Yeah, it's still electric at Highmark Stadium. That 98-yard touchdown, uh, the the fans were getting into it; they were enjoying it. Same with the 62-yard touchdown uh, to Gabe Davis later in the the half. the The fans are still electric and having a fun time at the stadium more so patient in these games if they do have a struggle here or there. It's not the the groaning and the moaning that here we go again, like you used to feel so often uh, during the drought years, but uh, more so just eagerness and anticipation uh, whenever the Bills offense has the ball and expecting the Bills defense to, to come up big and make plays when necessary. The, the only thing that's kind of different from uh, before is now with these drubbings, you do see a portion of the crowd leave early, um, which is kind of uncommon in Buffalo. But when you're winning by 30-plus by points in the second half, can you really blame anyone for, for trying to beat the traffic? But uh, th- that's really the only major difference uh, compared to the past. It's just as electric as ever before. Just the, the Bills are killing teams so quickly that fans are leaving a little bit earlier than, than in the past.
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on them for uh, that scenario. I'm not gonna totally hate on them for leaving early. That's not necessarily indicative. Um, you know, you're gonna have some fun uh, if if the starters come out. That is totally, um, basically, time that I think it's acceptable to leave. So I think it's totally acceptable to leave midway through the third quarter if you're really aggressive at halftime if you really wanted to. But I do believe that that's an acceptable time if the team's basically saying we've won the game. Uh, we've won it so much that we're not even going to play, you know, our offensive line or our quarterback. I do believe that that is time. That is, uh, it is okay. The team basically said it is okay to leave in my opinion. Um, so all around great game. You had to take a little bit from it. Um, I would like to see a little bit more from Kyer Elam. I thought he struggled mightily. He told, he told us that that's not an opinion. Um, you know, statistically he was, he was late on his breaks, um, you know, those are scenarios that we can't have this weekend against the Chiefs when those plays might matter a little bit more. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been playing better as of late, his slow start. Nicole Hardman is going to do his thing occasionally. And Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't been the world's best acquisition. So their, their wide receiver room is pretty poor in Kansas City. We're going to talk about that here shortly at 7 o'clock. But to kind of wrap up the Steelers game, Mike, outside of the big win, are you just taking it away as just another W? What, what do you got for us on what's your final recap of what are you taking from that Steelers game other than a four and one record?
1: Not really taking too much out of it. I think Pittsburgh is looking like one of the bottom teams in the NFL this year. It's weird to say um, they haven't had a losing record in Mike Tomlin's entire tenure as their head coach. So you don't want to just assume that they're horrible, even with the, the poor start. But I, I looked at that as a game where, you just entered, took care of business. You avoided any trap that might've been out there, um, entering the contest. And then, uh, you just move on. The offensive explosion w- was great to see from a fan perspective, but it doesn't give me any extra confidence going into, uh, the, the future. Uh, Pittsburgh was playing minus TJ Watt. They weren't able to get much of a pass rush. Uh, their secondary was Swiss cheese. They, they couldn't stop anything. The bills had their way. So, um, What's going to be more important is can the Bills do this uh, against Kansas City and can the Bills get stops against one of the truly elite uh, offenses in the NFL. So I'm not really taking away much from from Sunday other than it was a nice, enjoyable uh, afternoon at Highmark Stadium. But there's really nothing else uh, I'm going to bring into uh, this KC week from that.
2: That's fair enough, Mike. That's good analysis. I don't think you can get too high on it, fairness, just like you can't get too low off of the Dolphins game. I don't think there's really anyone that can really say that you've learned much um, from this game other than the team is good and they'll stay good. I don't really think you can get too much into the weeds as much as we'd like to talk about how good Davis was or how maybe... Need some, a little bit of improvement from Elam. I don't think there's really a ton to take away in that regards, other than we need a little bit more sample size from a couple of different things. Gabriel Davis did show uh, that he is the dominant wide receiver too. the bills expected him to be He took a little bit of flack. Um, He has been slightly injured in his career. I will say Um, he has had times and moments of, of uh, short-term injuries. Um, But that leads me to the next point. We talked a lot about the, the Steelers game to start off. They're going to get to the Chiefs game here right at seven o'clock, right at the top of the hour, but did want to talk about the rumors and the rumblings of Christian McCaffrey. We've had a lot of local media, some national media and people in between uh, talk about the ability that the Bills reached out to the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey. And before we have our, our Colts or our Chiefs segment here at uh, seven o'clock, I wanted to ask you. What are your opinions on that? Are you in the belief that a play? I mean, we talk about Odell Beckham Jr. a lot on this show. We'll table that for now. Uh, We're going to talk about Christian McCaffrey and the need of that position, as well as a slot receiver, as well as one of the best receiving backs in the league, mixed with the ability to improve that running room. Is that something that the Bills could use? You know, to me, it would be next week, because that's your buy. The deadline's November 1st. You want to get the guy in the system and moving on all cylinders. So that would be something the next week or two that you would more than likely want to entertain and the bills have been shown. And, and, uh, beam will tell you, he's tried for Von Miller. He tried for Emmanuel Sanders many years ago. He tried for Stefan Diggs before they traded for Stefan Diggs. Is there, if there's not smoke today, there's definitely smoke in the future of the off season, but what's your, especially with the running backs, who will no longer be on the roster. What's your opinion on Christian McCaffrey at the deadline and what he could do for this team. And to me, I would trade all three running backs on the roster to for him. Um, but what's your opinion on what's going to happen here? And if, you know, there's where there's smoke, there's fire.
1: Yeah, I think my answer is going to be predictable to you and anybody else who has watched us in the past. I'm 100% on board with the Bills trying to uh, go after Christian McCaffrey. He's due a prorated $1 million, I think, Uh, Greg Thompson was saying it'd be something like $600,000 the Bills would owe him for the rest of this year, which is as cheap of a rental for a Pro Bowl caliber running back as you could possibly get. And then the next three years of his contract are non-guaranteed. So you could get out of the contract or try to restructure if he was willing to take uh, a better deal. But I'm all for it. This is a team that is one of the best in the NFL right now. And if you have a chance to improve your roster, why not take a shot at it? Christian McCaffrey offers something that the Bills really do kind of lack in their backfield right now, and that's an elite pass-catching back. Devin Singletary gets a good amount of receptions, and he's decent. And I will never call out Devin Singletary for, for being a poor player. I think he's a good running back that does his job Exactly what you want to do, get out of him uh, in Buffalo. He he finds holes. He's elusive. He he catches the ball and he can get you uh, five six yards per catch. But Christian McCaffrey is dynamic. Uh, you're talking about a back that had a season with uh, where he had 1,300 yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. He has two 100 reception seasons in his career, and he's only 26 years old. People act like he's on the wrong side of 30, and that. Uh, he's been injured his whole career. He had two years where injuries really um, destroyed his seasons, and uh, now he's been back on the field this year, and he's producing decently. He's not been at the high level we've become accustomed to, but how are you going to perform behind uh, in Carolina with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback? So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea, and you add a guy like that, it's not just for the running game. You can put him in the slot. Uh, there's so many things that you can do, and as Greg has uh, alluded to many times over the past couple of days, Christian McCaffrey is your drain scenario for James Cook. His ceiling isn't Christian McCaffrey, so you bring him in instantly day one. You're a better team. What do you give up for him? Probably a pair of picks. I- I'd probably guess a-, a second, something else, and probably you got to make a move with one of your running backs. Got to get rid of. Singletary, Cook, or Moss, one of them is going in this scenario. So, um, but in my opinion, definitely worth it to, to go for it.
2: Yeah, you see it all the time. A lot of people are like, there's no precedent in returning the player. Yeah, there is. Like, uh, it happens all the time, where it uh, just happened in the Russell Wilson trade where they took Drew Locke. Um, yes, teams are looking for young players um, back, especially with control. Singletary is the best of the group right now, today, he needs a contract. Don't see that, although he might present the best value for a win now team. I don't see um, them wanting him back in this scenario. There's really no purpose of, of, of cashing out your value on Devin Singletary. If you're, if you're the Panthers, even though the Bills would say he's the best player in the room, we'd want uh, the most value for him. Um, I'd personally like to pair him with Christian McCaffrey for this run and maybe beyond. I don't believe uh, Devin Singletary would command big money. I think he'll have a reasonable deal. Leonard Fournette keeps re-signing these deals. I don't believe he's going to have the statistics here, Singletary in his contract here. He already doesn't really to uh, warrant a huge deal. I think he'd be great as a supplemental piece uh, and going forward. So I do believe that leaves Cook and Moss. Will they be interested in a two-year Moss? I don't know how much value they could have in that. as much as that's my ideal Moss in a second or a third. That's ideal for me. I do believe that they'd be after someone in a replacement level like James Cook for him. I think that that's the player they could develop. They'd have him on a a rookie deal for four years. I think that that'd be what they're looking for. uh, And that might help Limit the draft compensation back if you're able to give a second round pick in James Cook plus a third next year in the the upcoming draft. I would do that today, James Cook in a third round pick. I would do that today over a second um, and Moss, even though I prefer Cook. um, I do believe that the Bills uh, would probably prefer to take the player who they're looking to develop. However, if you see a cook in the third, Mike, I think that that signals that it isn't just a rental. I think that the bills would be interested in working on that contract. The bills have an option for three for 36 million. If they were to make a move for Christian McCaffrey, uh, which is very reasonable, no guaranteed money, 12 a year, they could do something with that. That means cap coupons. You can immediately take that base salary and push it out over a five year deal and have a very reasonable contract. Brandon Bean is a genius at that kind of stuff. So I do believe that you're able to 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 set that, and I don't I, I I wouldn't hate to cash out on James Cook today for a player that you're hoping he can be. The injury stuff around Christian McCaffrey is a joke. We've we've broken it down. Greg Thompson and others have stated that he's not injury prone. He has had some injuries. It's a big difference. He's played every single game of his career outside of those two, including in the college. He's not an injured player. He had some injury unluckiness uh, happen, but he's just such a dominant pass catcher. And he's exactly who this offense uh is built around. So it isn't far fetched for me to take him on at a million dollars this year, Mike. That is the silver lining. If he had to get out eight, seven, six, I just couldn't see it. Um, but at a million dollars this season and a very reasonable, non-guaranteed three for 36 for it's not that outlandish that the Bills would be able to do something with both of those this, those numbers. The
1: question is, will Carolina be willing to make a move? Uh, there's conflicting uh, reports. Some say that they would be willing to move him on move on from him, obviously with Matt Rule gone. Mm-hmm. But then you're also talking about the face of a franchise. Are they going to be willing to give him up for uh, a second or third round pick? Maybe they're trying to get something more. Hard to see any team giving up a first round pick for uh, a running back, uh, even one as good as Christian McCaffrey. The, the tough part for Bills Mafia will be fans accepting Cook being a part of this deal. I, I think a lot of fans will struggle with that idea, especially with him being a second-round pick. I would do it because you know what you're getting back in return. Uh, as much as it, it would be great to just be a second, a fifth, and maybe throw in Moss, I, I think Carolina would struggle with, with that selling that idea to their fan base. So it's just as much trying to find something that they can sell to their fans as what uh, Buffalo gives them. Devin Singletary, I I don't think he's going to be part of any of these trades either. I don't see Carolina wanting to uh, trade for a running back that Mm -hmm. could leave them in a year uh, and just get a pair of picks in return. And So it almost feels like it has to be James Cook. Mike, Mike, I got a question for you, though.
2: Something that can happen, and we have seen happen, is you make a deal with picks. And then you go and deal Singletary to a team who needs a running back on a one-year deal to get back some compensation. Is that something you would see or would you rather the cook plus a pick route?
1: You know, my ideal scenario is that you're not trading any of those running backs. Well, obviously Moss would be the guy, but my ideal scenario is you're trading a second and a fifth and then you just cut Moss uh, or cut. Obviously they're not going to cut cook or cut Singletary. So my ideal scenario would be you, you trade the, the two picks, and then you cut one of your running backs that you don't need. But will Carolina be uh, – When the kids call and they say, hey, Dad, can you pick up Skyline? I'm always like, absolutely. I'm halfway there because you don't have to tell me twice. That's the time for our family to be together, and Skyline's always been part of our family time. Good with that. Will, will they try to get rid of him? We'll see. Um, I don't know if we really have a bunch of clarity right now about – about the situation. Some of the reports that the bills have been in contact uh, with Carolina, Dan Fates is one of them from um, out in, uh, in Rochester, New York, but we haven't had any big national people yet. uh,
2: Benjamin Albright's the closest we've had. Who's been for the sources, people out there, people love, love him. He's one of the better guys. Uh, um, Benjamin Albright from. Yeah. So he obviously said that, didn't think it was
1: likely but if there was a team probably would be the bills and then he also retweeted a mike florio um article mm-hmm. for, for pro football talk where he was saying normally this is part of the process one team denies another team denies and then you have a trade a couple days later so there might be something to this smoke sport. there's
2: fire mike there's uh, just like mike with the obj true. stuff um, and then Michael Balco, a guy from ESPN uh, featured on ESPN rivals USA today has also said that the bills have been in constant contact with the bills uh, or excuse me with the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey so uh, I do believe that he can't be part of the plan I do think that they would need to catch out his value today. Uh, They're able to probably get more from a team looking to make a push than they will in the off season when he would need a new contract so that the the $1 million or less contract he has for the rest of the year is what gives him a a little bit more value than trading for three for 36. Um, And either Christian not liking that or the team not like, there's just more uncertainty this off season. So I think his maximum value is right now. Uh, And I do think you see him dealt you see it across all of other sports where teams are like, "Yeah, we're going to build around Trey Turner in baseball." The next thing you know, Trey Turner's going to the Dodgers. Um, so it's just a matter of I, I think rebuilding teams do this, uh, and I think they do it quite frankly. Von Miller was been traded in, pa- in the past uh, at the deadline, a bigger name deal uh, from Denver, who he was you know with you know, for a long time and the trade deadline has been a little bit more active lately than we have seen in, in years, uh, years past. So I do think that you would, I think that that you see some Panthers player being dealt. It's too obvious a new regime can start over a new coaching staff with a bunch of picks. Uh, I think it's, it's very likely that you see him dealt somewhere. And I think you maximize the value pinning, pinning winning teams against each other today rather than the off season when they're like, well, we can reflect, we can use the draft, we can sign free agents, we can do other things. I think that his maximum value might be today. Outside of just a monster year this year or something with a bad team, I just don't think he can increase his value much. And what are we going to um, do
1: in the upcoming years in Carolina on a rebuilding roster? That, I mean, that, right. The Panthers aren't going anywhere. and No. You know, they're they a complete must. And, the one thing I do love about this idea, it's not even him improving the running game, because I think that's more so going to be a result of the Bills' offensive line improving during during the course of the season. Right now, the run blocking is horrible. No one is going to get much yardage behind that offensive line rush, rushing the ball. And McCaffrey, as we saw in Carolina right now, I think he's only averaging 3.7 yards per carry. So it's not like he's lighting it up from a, a yards per carry standpoint. I'm just so excited about what he can add to the passing game. Uh, we we This offense, quite frankly, they don't even need him. and they, they don't need Odell Beckham Jr. either. We want both of them. Obviously, it's not likely um, to get both, but I definitely think there's a shot at getting one or the other. And it's the, the fact that you can never, as we said during the offseason, you can never have too many weapons. You're always an injury away from being put in a poor situation. And – I love McCaffrey because I think he makes your passing game almost unstoppable yeah. at times. You have that checkdown option, but you also have the ability to put him in the slot. Devin Singletary, as we said, he'll he'll make the receptions. He'll he'll get five six yards, but he doesn't really offer a ton of dynamic ability, playmaking ability. Once he gets the ball, he he he's a good he's a good player, but he doesn't have elite skill set. Christian McCaffrey, you you dump it off five yards. He could break a tackle. Next thing you know, he's taking it 35 yards. Uh, he has just a unique ability that not many players in the NFL have. And you already have an offense that has playmakers uh, at every position, at wide out, tight end. You had a, a pass-catching uh, running back to the table like that. It, it could be really interesting. I think we were all hoping that James Cook was going to be a little bit more polished early on, but – as we've seen, it, it takes time for, uh, for that to happen. And hopefully, if the Bills don't make this move, they'll, James Cook will get closer to that guy by the time the playoffs get here. But you know if you make a deal that you are getting that guy uh, if you get McCaffrey to join the Bills.
2: And the Going Deep podcast here, we're in the first half an hour talking ca- talking Christian McCaffrey here, Kevin Misery, Mike Bunt uh, on the Cover One Podcast Network. We have Ron Cobb Jr. coming in from Arrowhead Pride here in five minutes. So stay tuned for a crossover 30 minutes. And we'll get into the Chiefs game a little bit more. But wanted to make time to talk Christian McCaffrey as I think that there's smoke, that there's fire. We spent a lot of time on this show talking about adding to the offense and adding weapons as we did all offseason. Uh, we had a whole edition on uh, weapons for Josh Allen. Khalil Shakir was the option. James Cook was the option that came in. Um, clear Shakir has shown to be a true slot receiver and a true upgrade to the team. I don't think you can take him off the field. Like, so as we talk weapons right before Ron comes in from the O had pride, do you believe that Shakir should see the majority of snaps as the third receiver going forward with, with the Jamison Crowder injury? I think if he did it with Christian Benford, he gave him the job. Um, I got, obviously he's hurt, but he should be back after the buy. What's your opinion on should Khalil Shakir be the weapon right now? And does that ease a little bit toward the Christian McCaffrey idea? Because you can't play Shakir. You can't. I mean, some of the snaps of McCaffrey would be the ones you were looking to give Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Although I do think that they do affect each other as much as I'm the number one guy that's like weapons, 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 weapons. I don't think there's any realistic chance they could go with both. Um, So talk to me real quickly here for a couple of minutes. Khalil Shakir, did he win the job going forward? I mean, I don't know how you watch his film and think he's not the Bills' receiver three.
1: I I don't know if he wins the job based on the coaching staff uh, and how they evaluate players, because obviously McKenzie was a clear number three, even ahead of Jamison Crowder after camp. But I think it's clear that it's eventually going to be his job, if not very soon, sooner than later. Uh, Khalil Shakir has been just... Doing fantastic since the moment the Bills took him in the draft. All of the training camp, making plays, preseason was dynamic. And then now you're starting to see it in regular season games, uh, stepping up uh, to the challenge. So it, it will be his job at some point. I just don't know if it's right away or if maybe it's the end of the year. I, I still think the Bills value McKenzie. They like the speed element that he brings um, and some of the gadget stuff that he's capable of doing. So when McKenzie is able to return from concussion protocol, maybe he has that three job, but I don't think it's something where Killer Shakir is going to be benched or inactive anymore. I, I think Shakir is a player that you have to see on the field uh, going forward. And um, regardless of if he's your three or your number four, he's he's going to be one of those guys, the Bills offense will rely on. Um, and Good reason. I mean, fifth round pick, but easily could have been a second or a third round pick and bills. As we said, all offseason, season, they lucked out with him. This is a guy that's going to be uh, an impact player for them
2: uh, going forward. And as we see the RAS score again, we revisit this every couple of months, uh, an elite eight score, which is really good An elite speed grade. 40 yard dash is there 20 and 10 yard splits are there as we see in his breaks and his ability to get open in the scene. Josh Allen trusted a rookie. Uh, I don't want to say it was a big game, but it was a it was a it was a big it was a big moment. The first down yourself, the seam now, in triple yeah. in triple coverage, yeah. like a rookie in triple coverage. Great throw, better route in this case. Insane, like to trust um, him in that moment when you have Gabriel Davis ripping it up, and you have your guy Stephon Diggs uh, on the on the boundary, and you trust Khalil Shakir down the seam against Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I just. It shows me that I don't know that Josh Allen's going to request him off the field. You're still going to have your Isaiah McKenzie packages like you always do. He's still going to be receiver four. and He kind of thrives in receiver 3.5, receiver four roles, Um, as he has all season. An injury happens. McKenzie's back in pretty quickly. I just don't think you can take Khalil Shakir off the field. He's being uh, groomed to be the three. That's that's his Uh, role. You can't start Christian Benford um, as a six-round pick. And tell me that Khalil Shakir hasn't earned a job in the trust of Josh Allen when he's getting down the seam, triple cover passes. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it that he hasn't earned a job. What um, will be interesting, though, is, like you said, if OBJ is a person that does eventually
1: sign with the Bills, what are you doing with your wide receiver room? Does McKenzie suddenly – is he no longer part of your offense, assuming a healthy OBJ in the yeah. playoffs? Uh, in that scenario, uh, is McKenzie the five? And secure the four there's a lot of different things that can happen that's a long ways away though
2: yeah and as we kind of wrap up this point here um yeah von miller did pretty much say that he is leaking that odell beckham jr will sign with the bills we'll see we'll see we'll see well i don't know it's really bold to say that um he did recruit the punter over just a punter um but you know for lack of a better term i i believe truly that where there's smoke, there's fire with OBJ. It is going to end up being his pick. Uh, and then the interesting discussion around Christian McCaffrey is going to continue on until either they shut down everything or they dish him uh, somewhere. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting discussion as one of the bills biggest needs in the off season. Um, you know, with the lack of players under contract next year, uh, it's going to be a topic of discussion at least for the next three weeks, but It's the seven o'clock hour. Like we promised, we have a special guest coming on over uh, to talk chiefs in a crossover edition uh, to really get their perspective on not only uh, this week, but what happened yesterday, what exactly went right. What didn't go right. Very interesting game um, against the Raiders yesterday. So we're going to welcome in Ron cop, Jr. From Arrowhead pride to talk uh, chiefs crossover edition uh, and really break down what he's seeing over the next 30 minutes. So enough Hypothetical Bills third options and more talk about upcoming games, which is probably more important at this stage. <laughs> Ron, thanks for coming on the show.
3: Man, thanks for having me. appreciate yeah. uh, Appreciate you having me. Uh, you know, I just I, I do think it, it it's funny. This is the first time I'm kind of talking about this game since we. You know, we just had the Chiefs Raiders game last night. I'm still kind of you know doing <laughs> know. a little review of that. You know, still trying to you know. But it's one of those weeks where you do turn around quickly because of how important this game is. Man, I'm excited. I'm pumped.
2: Yeah, and the Bills had to do the same. Um, they luckily didn't really have much of a competition on uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, so they were able to turn the turn the page pretty quickly sometime yesterday. Uh, and most Bills fans are probably already on to the Chiefs fairly quickly on Monday morning um, because the Steelers just might be one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> I mean, they really are pretty poor, uh, which is weird to say from a Tomlin coach team. Uh, right. But, Ron, give us a quick breakdown on yesterday. I think Bills fans were obviously watching that. Uh, Tell us what was going on what happened in that first half. Um, You know, they always put it together with Patrick Mahomes, the bills have a similar uh, ability to do so with Josh Allen but tell us I mean, Josh just had his biggest comeback and one of his better performances against the Ravens two weeks ago. So tell us. What happened? The Raiders, what they're doing at the end of the game there. I mean, <laughs> how are you feeling after that game? Uh, you know, a really narrow victory with them missing a going for two uh, right. to end the game.
3: Yeah, right. Well, no, you mentioned the Josh Allen comeback. Hey, both 17 point comebacks, uh, you know, kind of both games where, yeah, both offenses just started out really sluggish. And, and that was the, the thing with the Chiefs game last night. Um, I, I wasn't too surprised with how we kind of saw the defense maybe come out right away. Uh, with, the, with the way the Chiefs cornerbacks are right now, you know, a, a young group outside of Le'Jarius Sneed, but, you know, in those nickel packages, he's on the slot, he's in the slot, so those outside cornerbacks are, are really, um, you know, able to be taken advantage of right now, and so that's why I wasn't really surprised to see the Raiders go right at him um, with, with uh, you know, Devontae Adams right away, you know, get the DPI as well um, on a few of those, so yeah. So I think that was kind of the main theme on the defense was I wasn't too surprised to see kind of the Raiders go after that and have success with it a little bit. I just didn't expect the offense um, to, to start as slow. Now, the Chiefs do have a problem with, you know, sometimes it feels like their their game plans are a little conservative depending on the game. Um, you know, you watch them play against the Colts in week three, and then the next week they play like that against the Bucs. That is pretty common uh, around here. I mean, they, they do tend to kind of ebb and flow with, with the game plans. And I just didn't really think you know, that would be the case against the Raiders, right? It's a bit really big game. Um, but it did seem like the the game plan right away, right out the gate, that first 15 for the offense, just wasn't – it wasn't effective. The off, You know, the offensive tackles were getting beat by Max Crosby um, and uh, Chandler Jones. Both tackles were having to struggle. But, you know, eventually the offense did settle down. You know, Patrick Mahomes began to help them a lot uh, with his pocket management. Um, the play calling got a lot better, you know, kind of scheming around, you know, getting more chip help and everything. And, and that's when the offense really started to groove – you know, I, I think the Raiders were really, you know, taking a lot of attention uh, in their coverage towards Kelsey. They, they really were um, before the 20-yard line, um, but that's what really what was opening up some of those chunk plays you saw from MVS and, and even Macol Hardman got involved with those. But you know, as soon as they got in the red zone, you know, I, that's that's where Mahomes and Kelsey just, you know, they just overcome any any sort of uh, you know uh, uh, resistance to their connection. <laughs> but yeah, no, and, and then you you come down to the end of the game. You know, it's a tight game. Obviously, that you know, great. Throw and catch Derek Carr to Devontae Adams at the very end. I mean, just unbelievable um, play there. Um, you know, at that with four minutes left. But I really would have liked to see Andy be a little more aggressive on fourth down there. I get it's a, kind of a tight situation, but he elects to punt it on fourth and two and, and give the Raiders the so, ball back. But
2: does he punt um, that to Josh Allen there? Because I don't think he does.
3: Yeah, and and I think you're right. I think you're 100 right there. Um, you know, even if his defense may, you know, if because that's the thing, the defense wasn't really playing well against Derek Carr. Either. So you'd say, hey, you know, if the defense isn't um, playing well against any quarterback, but I do think you're right. I think he had a little more confidence that Derek Carr uh, may not go 93 yards to win the game, although he did just need a field goal. But all that to say is, yeah, I, I you know, I think Andy was a little conservative. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think they do. They tend to do that when they kind of maybe under underestimate the opponent a little bit, um, even if it's a divisional game. But that is not going to be the case this game. I definitely expect coming forward to see a, a much more focused game plan, kind of like you saw against Tampa Bay, just a much more aggressive attacking game plan on offense than you saw against the Raiders. What are the
1: the vibes around this Chiefs team right now? Obviously, for the last four t- years, they've been the team to beat in the AFC. And then during the offseason, the Bills get anointed by the, the national media, the general public as the the Super Bowl favorites, having lost at Arrowhead. Uh, in their last appearance, and, and it's a 50-50 either way. Who, who do you want to call the favorite? They're both great. I think most people believe it's going to be either the Bills or the Chiefs that win uh, the Super Bowl this year, but it was kind of an offseason where the Chiefs were overlooked. People talked about how great the AFC West was, uh, the Chargers being the up-and-coming team, maybe Denver, and, and now we're here at week six, and it looks like the AFC West is clearly the Chiefs' division, uh, a, tuple, a couple tough games uh, with the Raiders, the Colts, and then obviously a nice comeback against the Chargers. Where do you feel like this team is at right now? And um, does the fan base feel slighted at all by all the, I guess, publicity that the Bills have been receiving uh, through the, the first half of the season so far?
3: Yeah, I think the fans are always going to gonna feel like that a little bit. Um, you know, I do think it, it was, I, I felt like it was justified. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I, I do think the Chiefs and Bills were so tight, so close teams, and obviously, you know, the Bills didn't do anything necessarily last year to lose that playoff game, right? You know, obviously the defense could have held at the end, but you know, it's 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 always funny to me. It's like Josh Allen was literally perfect in last year's playoffs, and you know, it's it's just how it works in in when you know in this crazy times, I guess, with these offenses. But uh, to get back to it, it's just I do think uh, you know looking into this season how they've kind of performed, um, and yes, they are four and one, but. You know, I I do think compared to you know when you're talking about how confident you are in the team to you know be the best version of themselves, we haven't seen that from the Chiefs yet at, at all. And honestly, you know, we've seen a, a quite a bit of struggles from from the new pass catching group. I know it's kind of been, you know, we see the Bucks game and obviously last night. And so you know, a lot of the national media is like, oh well, you know, it, they no no Tyreek, no problem. You know, I I do think you know in a game like this one coming up against the Bills and in other games where they play tough defenses, I think. I, I'm really, I'm really interested to see, you know, that that challenge. I think, I think the Bucks defense, I, you know, to be honest with you guys, I just don't think they kind of came out and just played like, kind of lackadaisical. I mean, I don't think they really gave the Chiefs that great of a game. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I really want to see this team get get challenged by a really great defense, um, and 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 you know, one that's going to maybe take Kelsey away a little more. I just. My main point with that is just that th- this offense has still struggled I- at times and still hasn't been as good as it can be at times. The offensive line has gone through spurts of sometimes they look very good and sometimes it looks like they can't block anybody. Um, you know, this is a still – it has been an up-and-down season. It's just, you know, and, you know they're 4-1 and one and it's funny. You know, if they didn't have a few special teams miscues in Indianapolis, they're probably 5-0. and oh.
0: The world's got you feeling glazed over. Sprinkle some love all around. Just climb your way up out of that hole And you'll be the taste of the town Grab the one thing that everyone's loving And as it happens, they come by the dozen Everybody loves a donut Order a dozen from Duncan.
4: Buckeye Health Plan Medicaid is built around you Offering medical, dental, and vision benefits with no copay Members get free rides to healthcare visits, pharmacies, and social services. Buckeye rewards you for making healthy choices. You can earn $75 in rewards for well checks. Pregnant moms can earn up to $350 in rewards for taking steps to have a healthy baby. Visit choosebuckeye.com for Medicaid built around you.
3: Um but it 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 is not a perfect, you know it has been an imperfect start. The bucks game was really the highlight but We've seen a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of with the changeover from last year. You know, even on defense too. I, I've been impressed with how the defense has started yeah. um, this year. You know, a lot of uh, newcomers, but they they definitely have still, you know, had some some flaws, obviously in the secondary. You know, um, letting some big pass plays go. You know, even against the Chargers in week two, Mike Williams really took them, you know, to the woodshed uh, to an extent. So, all that to say is, is I I think. The che- this this team this 4-1 team is a testament to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid being a great quarterback and coach combo. I think they still have a lot a long way to go to improve to be that that Super Bowl contender they have been with, you know, what, what you know, when they were 2019-2020 kind of in their prime uh version of that team. I still think they have a ways to go to kind of match that level uh, of team. So it, it's just all that to say, it, it, you know, the the Tyreek, you know, no Tyreek no problem, you know, I still think there's some room to prove that, you know, they they got to get better from that.
1: Is that something – so, obviously, they they do have some work to do. Every team has work to do uh, at at the week six point of the season. Do you think this is a Chiefs team that needs that big challenge The I guess – I don't want to say motivated. Obviously, they're motivated. But to get the best version of themselves, they need to have that bigger opponent to to have that top performance? Because I, I know just watching the Chiefs, throughout the last few years you'd watch them play some some lower or lesser teams at times right. and you would just be like what is this and then they they come back they win they always find a way to win but then then they, they would play the bills or some other top team and you would just be like jesus like how, yeah, how do we lock in how, yeah. how do we stop these guys and I, I guess that's what i'm curious to see on on sunday uh it, are the Chiefs going to come out firing and and do things to this Bills defense that they haven't seen since the last time they played Kansas City, or are they going to have some struggles uh, against a Bills team that's been on fire in recent weeks?
3: Right. Well, you know, I, I think ideally, uh, you know, I, I do think they do have a, a going to have an a a game plan. I think the Bucks game is a good example of that of when you know they're a betting underdog because they were, you know, they were underdogs and they're underdogs in this game. Right. Even at home, they are the betting underdog. I think that mentality a little bit, you know, soaks into to the coaches and even, and even Mahomes. So I do think they they get locked in for those big games, like you mentioned. So I, I anticipate that for sure. I really do. Um, but we have also seen them, you know, come out in big games and and get down, you know, 10, 17, nothing. They've come back in those opportunities a lot of the time, uh, you know, last year against the Bills at home in the regular season, they did not. And so that's where I, I do think, you know, I I anticipate them wanting to have an A game plan, but you know, that doesn't always go exactly how they want to. Right. So that's where I'm, I'm excited to see them. You know, I mentioned the bucks defense again. I just feel like, I, I feel like they didn't, you know, I feel like they didn't challenge the chiefs that much. I, I really feel like it wasn't that great of a, a game from them. And so I'm anticipating better from the bills defense. So I'm, I'm excited to see that challenge.
2: Yeah. And as you look at some of these numbers, I wanted to bring up to you and kind of get your opinions, Mahomes' yard per attempt, 7.5 last year, 7.4 this year, Allen, 7.1, 8.1 this year, a full yard, uh, upgrade. Um, Yak, another big one. This could go to the receiver, the pass catcher, the, the Bills focal on uh, getting Yak and maybe the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill, but uh, fourth and Yak, 753 yards this season for the Bills compared to the Chiefs dropping all the way down to 19th at 565. I know it's only been five games. Um, But those are some very interesting um, statistics when the Chiefs were third in the league and the Bills are dead last last year in the Yak. So some early uh, quarterback advanced statistics that are pretty interesting to me uh, and leads me to my question, which is what's going on life after Tyree Kale? We talked about it a little bit. PFF, uh, just I use them unbiasedly. They're not God. They're not perfect. Yeah. Do not does not like your receiving core. Are they right? <laughs> Are they wrong? I like Sky more a lot. Mike can attest to the fact that I thought that it, he was the Bills' second-round pick. I thought he was perfectly what they were looking to upgrade Yak and to upgrade some of the things they were looking for. And, of course, uh, the Chiefs went in there and, and, and selected him. I'll never know if the Bills actually liked him. They had him in pre-draft visits, potentially would have been a second-round pick. But much like Cook, has, uh, the Bills' second-round choice, has had a slow start even though he's probably uh, per his advanced statistics looks good in yards per route. He looks good in his PFF score. He looks good in his ability to get open. So talk to me about, you know, someone like Juju Smith Schuster, who by all accounts yeah. having a poor year and sky Moore, in my opinion, who should be playing more, the bills have their own version of this and Khalil Shakir who has played really, really well. And should by all accounts, before you came on, we talked about him taking the receiver three job away uh, as early as this week what did break down the receiver room yeah. and it's 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 lapses to this point and making and Josh Allen's had this struggle in years past with some of his receivers Uh so talk to me about you know how is Patrick Mahomes adjusting to this and what's your opinion on all of that
3: well you know I, I, the the truth or the fact that the the receiver depth has gotten better and and it's just not as top heavy is true you know that is true the, the Chiefs had you know too many snaps of Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson over the last <laughs> few years and so you know, uh, the the mix of Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, and McCole Hardman, you know, none of them are really taking over as wide receiver one. You know, MVS just had more targets than Juju this last game, and so I I don't think, you know, Juju kind of was the assumed wide receiver one coming into the season. We assume so here in Kansas City as well, um, and and it's just kind of been a mix, so all that to say, yeah, the depth has definitely improved, and you can see that, you know, the second, third options are, are a little better with what they've had, but you know, where they've struggled this year is getting somebody when they really need to get open against man coverage. And, and, and the, and cause defenses are testing the chiefs with more man coverage this year, obviously, because you don't have Tyreek kill. They're not as worried. Hey, you know, there could be a 70 yard bomb on any play. If we're playing man coverage on, you know, to an extent, that's not the same thing. You know, McCole Hartman does not have that same big play um, ability, even if he's fast, he's, he doesn't have that same threat. You know, he's just not the receiver to, to take advantage of coverages like that. So, I, I do think the big weakness of the group this year, and it's the most important thing a receiver room needs is, and I'm talking the wide receivers specifically, is someone that can, that can go win on a route, separate, and, and, and get open for Mahomes on a, on a third and seven, or, or even just any, any sort of two-minute drill where they really need uh, you know, a, a big play. A lot of times when the receivers have made plays this year, it has either been a very, very good throw um, to a receiver in tight coverage or Andy Reid schemed them open on a on a great design, kind of you know um, you know pushing routes around and, and getting them open in space. So that's where Sky Moore comes in, and I'm and I'm glad you brought him brought him up. You know I you know we're not crazy here. I, I think some of us in Kansas City are like, you know, why isn't he playing more? At, you know, and and I'm glad to, to hear you know other draft draft people uh, saw him in the pre-draft and, and understand what kind of player he is. The fact that he can create separation, you know, in tight coverage. He does have great releases off the line uh, to maybe create that quick separation. And we saw that in training camp, actually, you know, compared directly compared to who that, you know, Juju MBS when they're running through their routes, even McColl Sky's releases Sky's just routes were noticeably just more impressive. It really was. And, and so we know it's coming. They did uh, force feed him the ball a little more in Tampa. And then I I, I honestly kind of thought we might see a breakout game in, against the Raiders, but then we kind of didn't see him until the very end of the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden they trust him to to get a few really big plays, really clutch catches, which you know could be a good good sign that they that they give him that situation. But you know uh, to, to just to wrap up the point, the receivers have definitely definitely have some work to do, and the most obvious answer to me. Um, for the receiver room to just get better, just be a better overall group this year, is just for Sky to play more. Uh, you know, no one's taking over the wide receiver one targets anyway. They might as well be a very balanced group and just let more eat into that pie of the receiver room, just a little more than he has so far this year. And I think we'll see that as this, the season goes. And it does seem like it's getting a little more and more and more, but I wouldn't anticipate him being a feature part of the offense this game unless they throw some crazy change up. It's not there yet, I don't think. A
1: right? big talk in the, the off season was that the Chiefs, finally had an offensive line where they felt like they could run the ball more effectively. Has that been something that you have seen to this point? And is the run game uh, something that needs to be taken seriously going forward?
3: You know, the offensive line is very spotty um, and it starts with their tackles. I think you have two average tackles, which in today in then, you know, in the NFL, you want average tackles, right? You know, you're, you, you want, obviously you want the best of the best, but you know, you can only ask for so much. You just can't have bad tackles. And so, it, it some games it looks really good. Some games it's it's you know the whole offensive line's gelling. You see it against the Bucks, you know all of a sudden. And and you guys have, have seen it even you know a couple of years ago. I know it's not the same line, but it's kind of how the Chiefs' offensive line has always been. You know, not not full of, you know they they do have talent in the interior this year, but in terms of the offensive tackles, you know I I just think they have average guys, and I think we've seen it when they face upper talent, you know, when it's the Raiders, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, the Chargers, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, even the Colts, when they brought in, you know, DeForest Buckner and Yannick Ngakwe, even though they, you know, uh, you know, aren't in their primes necessarily as, as much as they used to be, they have struggled against the, the, the top talent. And that's where Vaughn Miller definitely doesn't, doesn't, isn't a great thing to, to hear coming into town um, this week. And, and that's kind of one of those things, you know, talking about the Bills uh last year they didn't have that top tier pass rusher and, and that might have been that one key thing missing in that 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 chiefs divisional round game well if you guys did have him um i, I would imagine he would have got to Mahomes a few times based on how brown and wiley have played this year so pass protection has been re- very spotty and then you mentioned the run game you know they have the guys you know brown is a really good run blocker they have the talent it just seems like the scheme sometimes does not allow that talent to, to really you know be at its best right they run a lot of outside zone from shotgun they run a lot of just basic inside zone concepts with their rpo tag and so all of a sudden you know the offensive line isn't isn't you know getting its you know the momentum moving forward and getting any push um the chiefs and when they do go downhill it looks a lot better the bucks game there was a lot more downhill running from under center i could see that being the case this week i could see them making that a bigger part of their game plan again and then you're weaponizing the line more but I I don't think the run game is is this big part of the the plan that they they want to feature in the offense. I think it's really just, and it's always been like this, but it's really just a way to get from one pass play to the other, uh, you know, without have you know passing every time. That's how they've always treated the run game, and so I I, I see that continuing. I, I thought there might be a difference without Tyreek this year, but that's just how Andy runs his offense. Again, though, single game plans they could bring out more of a downhill run game like they did against the Bucks. I could see that happening this week for sure.
1: And we'll transition to, to defense in a moment here and how you guys are going to try to stop Josh Allen. Uh, I, I love the the point you brought up about, about the offensive line and some of the struggles. Mac, Max Crosby was getting to Mahomes last night, and, and the Raiders were really uh, causing some issues early in that contest. The Bills have prioritized revamping their defensive front and not just adding Von Miller as an edge, uh, bringing guys like Daquan Jones, um, Obviously, Jordan Phillips and right. Tim Settle, and it's been probably the most improved part of the the Bills is just improving their D line from all aspects, stopping the run, um, and definitely getting the pass rush. And PFF grades—I know we joke about them—they uh, seem to uh, agree with that. With the Bills having one of the best pass rush grades in, in the NFL, to me, that was the big difference in recent matchups. Was the Bills just had no answer? to get to Mahomes and it didn't matter if they got hurries or pressures Mahomes was able to uh, evade it and, and and make plays is there concern as, as someone that that has watched the Chiefs struggle at times this year with their protection going up against Yvonne Miller and and the Bills defense that has been great for most of the, the recent years but just hasn't been able to really step up against the Chiefs offense does it bring more fear now that they have some of these new guys in, uh, in their defensive line overall.
3: Absolutely. And, and I don't know if I hammered the point home earlier about, you know, how I, I honestly, I, I accepted the bills as, as a favorite in, you know, in this off season. And mainly it's because like you mentioned, adding Von Miller to a defensive line that was already deep. You guys are, you know, I know you added a few other pieces this year as well. You know, those were other two other names that had definitely made an impact, but you guys all always had a very you know, ro- good rotation where, you know, even if that second wave's coming in, they're still making an impact. And, you know, I think that has given the Chiefs trouble to an extent at times. I think in the playoff game last year, you know, it was just, I think, you know, Mahomes just being Mahomes, um, you know, more than anything. But, you know, in that regular season game last year, you saw it. But adding Vaughn Miller, that top-tier rusher, that guy on third down that you have to be fearful of as, as an offense, really no matter who you are, but especially when you have the offensive tackles that the Chiefs do, and, and especially Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, that guy, speed rushes, you know, guys that can really bend, that is not what he is good at stopping, man. He, he, he wants to see those big power rushers because he can match their power, right? You know, a guy like Von Miller is really going to give him fits. I would imagine the Bills, you know, keep him over the left tackle most of the game. I I would think that's smart. But, yeah, I I think it's a huge part of this game. The Chiefs are going to have to game plan around it, and that is probably why they'll run, you know, uh, be running a lot more just to kind of, you know, protect Pat in the passing game from those negative plays. But it's going to be a big deal, man. They're definitely going to be keen in on how to stop Vaughn, and there's not really a great way to do it, so (laughs) –
2: Yeah, Mike, as Mike mentioned, the Bills run defense is as well improved as anything this offseason. You know, we all talk about the pass rush. The Bills struggled uh, to stop the run in McDermott's tenure. He'll tell you uh, it's been poor, uh, that they're very good against pass defense. Uh, They're very good in in, in with their defensive schemes, their cover two looks, their mush rushes, and all different types of scenarios. But they've struggled since McDermott has been here. And he's now one of the winningest coaches in Buffalo uh, football history, but he's struggled to stop the run in every season, good, bad, medium years. He struggled with a big Colts game, like and the, and he's, This has prevented the Bills, even with a Chiefs victory last year. It's prevented them from being the number one seed, and in almost single-handedly right. with the run defense. And this year couldn't be any different. They absolutely got rid of the demons of Derrick Henry. Um, they absolutely exercised anything Baltimore was trying to do running the ball. They 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 uh, always do fairly well against a running quarterback, but even better. Uh, this time around and they, they couldn't get off. They couldn't run the ball at all. Najee Harris, you know, 12 carries for 20 yards, couldn't get going at all. Uh, So the bills have done really, really well against the run this season, almost better than against the pass. But the fact of the matter is uh, they've been very strong. Uh, Seven points allowed in the second half total um, in five games, none in the third quarter. Um, So the, the couple of big bugaboos the bills got rid of were stopping the run uh, defensive adjustments always struggled in the third quarter under McDermott pretty much until the uh, AFC divisional game against the chiefs. They had struggled in the third quarter until that Gabe Davis long touchdown. Uh, kind of sparked them um, in this third quarter rebirth uh, that you've seen uh, last since then. So a couple of big nuggets that, that uh, go the bills way in, in stopping the run. And we don't really know which players the bills, will. they treat this like a playoff game. Will you see Jordan Poyer? Will you see Tremaine Admins? Uh, the Bills have been doing it without three and Trey White and Micah Hyde, yeah. four of their top seven defensive players. Secondary um,
1: has just been it, it's I, amazing I, that they've played as well as they have. They've been missing I, half. It doesn't their make nine,
2: sense, but, it doesn't make any sense how Dane Jackson. Well, that's all the yeah that's yeah.
1: also Chiefs offense. Yeah, got Mahomes. You're gonna be having Dane Jackson. you saw him expose
2: it last year i mean the start of the bills dbs were last year with levi wallace uh being just 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 a horrific football player um and having (laughs) um i mean he still sucks the bills totally (laughs) the bills totally the bills totally targeted him last week against the steelers regardless of what ken dorsey says um the bills he was asked if if he targeted levi wallace and he said oh wow that's funny um but uh but I guess it's up to you to believe he did target him the majority of the game. Um, and then Dane Jackson, who's a seventh-round rookie a um, couple years ago now and who has played right. very well. And Christian Benford just took the world by storm, kind of like, you know, you see with a seven-round draft choice in Kansas City um, uh, in, in the defensive backfield. But but Christian Benford has been a revelation, broke his yeah. hand, shouldn't be back until after the bye. Kyrie Elam's been pretty good um, in stretches, but lost his job to a six-round pick. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of some funny notes and Trey white. We still don't know what's going on with Trey. Is he a week out? Is he four weeks out? We really have no idea, um, at this, at this stage. And, and Jordan Poyer has been as good as ever. Um, so a lot of going on in the bills, offensive backfield, but the one thing we trust McDermott to do, Ron is coach the defensive backs. Um, so that's the number one thing we think he does strong in good years, bad years yeah. and anything in between. Uh, You're going to get a really good defensive back scheme. Uh, His cover two is great. He runs a little bit of man in there, uh, and they run pretty good schemes. Outside of literally one pass this season on third and 23 against Tua on Jalen Waddell beat four backup defensive backs, Um, they've been very, very good in every situation throwing the ball. So that's a testament to McDermott and what he's able to build defensively. And I'm really interested in this game. I'm really interested to see who they play because the Bills could do anything from arresting these guys again and taking the bye and saying it's just another regular season game.
4: Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. (laughs) That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. website for details.
2: To playing their entire roster outside of Micah Hyde. So, where do you stand on that? Talk to me about the Chiefs' injury status. Is there any concerns? They seem fairly healthy outside of a suspension. They seem fairly yeah. healthy. Um, yeah, happened last night.
3: Well, there, there was a pretty big impact for the pass rush. I will say, um, an underrated impact, um, for, for non-chiefs fans, uh, Tershawn Wharton is, is really their, their go-to that second interior rusher on the, in the third down packages, their dime defense alongside Chris Jones. He is, he, he is really a, a kind of mm-hmm. a, a, a spark plug in, in terms of just, he can get in and make a play. He tore his ACL last night. I'm burying the lead a little bit. Um, so we do not have him anymore, unfortunately. They're looking to get back Mike Dana, another rotational defensive lineman. First round rookie cornerback Trent McDuffie, who, you know, you mentioned Kyre Elam. You know, I was someone that was very high on Elam going into the draft. Um, I never really considered the Chiefs would get McDuffie, so I didn't really ever compare the two. Um, and so it's just kind of funny that you know, we you guys got my guy. but I don't think i' am I haven't seen much of McDuffie. Eddie got injured, you know, week one, and and we haven't seen him since. so, um, we don't know exactly what we have in him yet, but uh, but he did not get targeted in the in the the, the, the a time he did play in week one. but he is eligible to return off the IR this week. And we don't know for sure if he will. It was a hamstring injury, so it, there is a chance, right? You know, you just give that time, you know about a month and and he could be good. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know the the chief's offense is is, is definitely healthy. you know, it, it is healthy. Trey Smith, I think was held out of last night's game, the right guard pretty much Mm -hmm. just to get hundred percent, you know, he could have played. He was questionable. Um, I I think they just, they do have a quality uh, backup guard in Nick Allegretti who didn't play great last night, but he's a backup guard Um, and they, and they trust him. So they'll have Trey Smith back for this game. They should be fully healthy on offense. Defense is dealing with stuff. You mentioned the Willie Gay junior suspension. I really wish he was back for this game. He's a huge part of stopping Josh Allen and the scrambling and, and, and even just, you know, these, these quick passes, uh, you know, they were really starting to just stay in their nickel formation a lot more this year, keep Bolton and Gay on the field. Now without Gay, uh, Gay, they're really starting to go back to their dime defense, which I'm, you know, I, I think it can be exploitable at some times. I think is a little too, uh, you know, uh, finesse with with those dime packages sometimes, but all that to say, I, I think it should be a real, we're relatively healthy on our side. Not what you guys are dealing with. You guys are dealing
2: with a, a pl- you know. A ton I mean, it's, of it's, val- it's valuable snaps, Ron. I mean, I like I like to say the Bills have been very healthy, almost exclusively under McDermott, to the point where like losing Trey White at the end of the year was like the biggest thing they've had in years. Yeah. Um, they invest a lot of money in their training facilities. They're very cautious. They've had very limited, I think, usually lead the league in starter games lost, and that's part of their success. But this year has been interesting to me to show like. These guys are getting huge snaps for the development of their, of their, as a player, as well as their ability to, to step in in big games like we might see in the playoffs this year. So it's an interesting thing. Whereas I'd like to have the Bills full strength against the Chiefs, but generally it hasn't bugged me too much to where a lot of guys are getting really big time snaps um, and really could really help the roster out as you develop. So it's been interesting for a Bills fan. We've never really had a ton of, of injuries. Um, but yeah. it's been, it's been fair to say like, I want him back this week, but I don't know that McDermott agrees. Well, it, it is funny though. I, I I think you know usually when a
3: when an elite team, uh, you know, like like a Bills and and they have a bunch of injuries and stuff. I think you know you see a couple losses. It's usually a good excuse, you know, for for you know fans, but also the national media be like, oh, you know, they're they're dealing with injuries. You know, it just might not be the year. You don't hear that at all, even though they're dealing with a ton of injuries because they're still so dominant, playing so well. You know, the Bills the, or the Dolphins loss was just. You know, you, you kind of look at the box score of that and, and scratch your head, like how did they they lose that game? How did they have less points than the other team when you look at the yardage totals and the time of possession? So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's been really impressive. I I have the Bills as the best team in the league. We do power rankings at Arrowhead Pride every year uh, or every week. So I'm I'm I am definitely willing to admit that you know the Chiefs are. Deserving underdogs right now, even if it is at home. And and I'm excited for the game for sure.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Um, as we come to the top of the half an hour here, we appreciate you making thirty minutes for us. Um, it's going to be a wild game. We'll see if the line moves much at all. One to two and a half to, to we'll see what what happens in here with with the line as there's a lot to look forward to in one of the better early season regular season games oh, yeah. that you can possibly have. And I still believe it'll mean a lot to the standings, and I do believe both teams. Uh, we'll take this very seriously and I do think you'll see the chiefs play some guys um and the bills play some players that maybe would have sat against the Steelers. So with, especially with the buy behind uh, the game here for the bills. So Ron, I got to ask you, we ask everybody, give us a score prediction. What do you see happening on Sunday? Um, you know, you take it wherever you want. You can take a Chiefs win. You can take a, you know, blowout either way. You know, what What are you realistically coming off of a six-day ga- six week and What do you see happening on Sunday at four?
3: Yeah, well, you know, again, I'm telling you, this is the first time I've kind of been able to talk about this game. So this is the first time my uh, prediction go. juices are flowing. Um, you know, I just because what we saw in week four against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, the Chiefs coming out, you know, with an aggressive game plan. Now they did get, you know, they they had some things go their way. You know, the opening kickoff was fumbled. That's a huge, you know, momentum swing to start out a game. Um, I, I I just it just did feel like they really got up for that game. And I don't see why they wouldn't get up for this game. I, I could see why they, they there could be a letdown between those two games with the with the Raiders a little bit and a, an effort letdown, which I do think you saw on Monday night. I think they get up for this game. You know, I think I think they defend home field. You guys just got to host one of these and then maybe, you know, maybe you can, you can take one. I mean, it's just ridiculous that we keep playing an arrowhead. I almost want you guys to host Next an
2: arrowhead too. Just so you know,
3: ridiculous.
2: Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give the
3: home team the advantage. Uh, I, I, I think the chiefs pulled us out uh, a plus game plan. You know, I, I, I'm just mentioned that you guys don't have the, you know, haven't been using the injury excuse, but you know, I, I do think you guys are banged up in the secondary, I think Mahomes and, and the receiving core, you know, to an extent can take advantage of that. I'm, I'm curious to see how Travis Kelsey, you know, gets handled. But overall, I think it's going to be a shootout. I definitely see, you know, I, I see our defense having a very, um, you know, a very tough time. So I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs 38, Bills
2: 35. Okay. Um. To wrap up the show, Mike, we'll bounce it to you. What do you got going on uh, briefly in the uh, score prediction? So
1: until the Bills Beat the Chiefs in a game that means something. It's hard for me to pick the Bills over Kansas City. I know Buffalo won the regular season game last year on Sunday night. I still give a slight edge to Kansas City being the home team. I like Mahomes going up against uh, a secondary that does have some inexperience. I know the Bills youngsters have been balling. I know that they've done a great job against other solid offenses this year. They haven't played Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is one of the best game planners in the entire NFL. I'm picking Kansas City, 34-31. My view is this. I I think if you just look at all the rosters in the NFL, I truly believe the Bills are the best team in football. If you were just looking at just what they have on offense, defense, talent-wise – because I, I, I don't have a ton of trust in the Chiefs' defense compared to the Bills' defense. But when you have an offense like Kansas City, it's almost impossible for the Bills' defense to hold them down for 60 minutes. And in those shootout-type games, you have to be equally perfect. And for that reason, I think Kansas City is just a, a tough matchup. And I still, even thinking the Bills are the better team overall, I, I think Kansas City has the edge.
2: Okay, now there you so go. If that makes
1: Six. any sense, I, I know yeah. that's a lot of crazy Oh, stuff. no. I mean, I
2: think that the injuries, that's why Friday could be a little bit easier. I mean, there are some big names. You're not talking about the backup left tackle. You're, you got some big names on the Bills injury report. I just think this game means a lot to the Bills. I have them winning this game. I did preseason, too, so it isn't something that I felt just off of some emotion off of a couple of games. I think they played well in the regular season. Sean McDermott's 2-0 in Arrowhead um, in the regular season. So I think that they can get up for it. And you're right, though. They do need to win when it matters. If this is a playoff game, I'm not sure. Um, They do need to win uh, best on best, coaching staff on coaching staff when it matters. I think that they showed last year they can win in the regular season. If the Chiefs play like they did yesterday, I do believe the Bills win. So I do think the Chiefs need a little bit better of a performance than that. No doubt. That's all I have in my head right now. I think the Bills win 35-31.
1: Kevin, the Um, comments are coming after me. Um, I mean (laughs) they they think I'm scared I I am scared I I, you know you can respect the bills while also giving Mike Mike
2: is is scared I like that.
1: you know what (laughs) the way I look at it is Kansas City has gone to two of the last four Super Bowls it's true three of the last four and they've won they've gone to the AFC championship four years in a row we're talking about one of the greatest teams over a four or five-year period in the history of the NFL. And, yeah, they don't have Tyreek anymore. But if they didn't blow the one Super Bowl to Tampa Bay because they just did not show up for that game, you're talking about what could be a dynasty right now. I'm just giving them props. Uh, uh, it's nothing about the Bills. I, I just think Kansas City is a special team, even without Tyreek Hill. Uh, I, I think they'll be ready on Sunday. And I think I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong.
3: Let me back you up a little bit, too. I mean, you know, Bills fans, I mean, come on. You 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 won an Arrowhead last year in the regular season, and came and lost in the playoffs. You know, I mean, doesn't maybe losing this year, you know, in the regular season, if if, if it switches, you know, wouldn't you want that flipped? You know, wouldn't you want to kind of have that revenge factor in the playoffs? Because we had the
2: revenge factor last year. So I that's think a the big big, thing that's a big is,
3: factor to have, you know.
2: The big thing is the Bills are going to not probably drop the amount of games they lost last year. Um, so this is that's huge good for that job, the game not being an Arrowhead, and I think Sean McDermott has said it all off season. They built their rot. I mean, it's a testament to the Chiefs. They built their roster to win this one game. They didn't build the roster to beat the Dolphins. They didn't. <laughs> they built this. They built this rot, and not the Ravens either. They built this roster to beat the Chiefs. Literally that's what
1: it comes down to in this game. Yeah. Can the Bills generate that pressure and actually knock Mahomes down? Because yep. We, we saw the second half, and maybe it's the, the second half and overtime of last year that's scaring me. The fact that the Bills could have two touchdown, potentially game-winning touchdowns in under two minutes, and yet you still can't stop them with 13 seconds left. And then overtime, it was just... Mike, you know where they door. got better
2: over anywhere, though? Maybe in their coaching decisions. Last year, I did not get onto the field, and hence a special teams coordinator getting fired to squib the ball. If this um, game is in
1: Buffalo, I'm picking the Bills. This game is in Kansas City. That's ultimately what it came down to. I think whoever gets home field advantage, whether it's the that's Chiefs, that's why or the they road, need. That's why they need their it their night, because it winning
2: the Super Bowl. That's why they need have, it.
1: I don't have any respect for any of the NFC teams right now. I, <laughs> I don't, even Philly, like, good for them. Nice start. We, we need to put so Mahomes
2: need, on the road in the playoffs. If, if Philly, Philly plays
1: KC or Buffalo, they're they're losing. And the whole rest of the AFC, I know you guys probably have a little bit of um, maybe a little bit of worry when you play L.A. just because the Chargers do tend to give you guys difficult games. But yeah, of outside of the the Chargers, I don't think there's any team in football that, that matches up with these guys, with you or the Bills. So, yes, I'm a little scared, but that's just because it's the only game of the year. I feel like I actually have nerves going in uh, because I have no clue how it's actually going to play out. So.
3: I okay. I, feel, I feel a very similar way, honestly. Um, you know, I'm, I know, I, you know, I know you guys don't feel this exact way, but you know, there is something too. I grew up, you know, rooting for a Chiefs team that, you know, is, is very bad, and and all of a sudden they're they're Super Bowl champions, and you know, there is some complacency as a fan you get, you know, when they're playing like a, a Colts team. You know, you you kind of it's a letdown game for as a fan too, right? You don't have the same emotional Get up as you do, uh, you know, for these kind of games. So I'm definitely these are one of the. This is one of the games that make you feel like a kind of like you know a kid again in terms of like you know the the fandom. Like this is a really juicy game, get you on edge your seat. Kind of you know you get a little more upset with the bad calls, a little more kind of fresh.
2: You know, it's it's all those man. Now, you can't get on. more
1: mad than the rough in the passer yesterday. Oh my god, so. don't
2: bring it
3: up. Come on,
1: man. we're putting <laughs> we're putting
2: Mike into concussion protocol. Um, <laughs> guys, um,
1: everybody's calling me out. You know. This is why you gotta you gotta be careful now
2: as a Bills. Might Mike, Mike's being realistic. Will he end up being right? We'll have to see. Uh on I Sunday hope night. I'm wrong. You know, it, um,
1: it's a coin fight. When when I when you say they could lose, they could also easily win. And that, that one
2: that... sack difference, just like last last yeah. year in the in the playoffs. If Von Von Miller gets down Mahomes, maybe even once, um, that's all it takes. If the Bills squib the ball, it's all yeah. it takes. If there's a multitude of scenarios there, like I was the one screaming for Gabe Davis to kneel the ball at the two yard line last year um, because I think that you can't give any time on the clock. It was outlandish to say that outlandish, but I'm always that kind of person, just even against the Ravens who aren't quite the chiefs. They did the right thing by relying on a one yard field goal in that situation. And I think the bills would have done better snapping the ball from the two yard line four times to try to win it rather than give the ball to Mahomes in any capacity with timeouts Um, different than if he didn't have any timeouts and that wouldn't have mattered. But it was some coaching decisions. I think the bills have gotten better to compete with Reed uh, on the coaching end more than even on the, on the field. So they've shown some practice. Uh, They've done some really good things here early on in this season. And I think the bills are in really good shape coaching wise and better than they've been in the last five years. So that's where the, I think in my opinion, run defense, uh, whatever, that's where really where this is going to be a big difference. But Ron, we really appreciate you coming on here. Yeah. We have the Cover One Film Room coming up now. Eric Turner, Kendall Merksy, Anthony Prohaska to break down some film. Uh, we, you know, appreciate everybody on the Cover One Podcast Network. The comments were roaring. We got everybody up and armed over Mike. Um, you know, no one likes his co- his coin flip comment. Hey, um, so we're gonna have we're I gonna have to leave everybody with that. Thought. One last thought,
1: you know, to all the comments calling me out. Hey, it's fair. If the Bills end up winning and they win this one comfortably. Call me out for the rest of the season. I will embrace it. I will be happy to have the hate. But you know what? I just give props to teams until they prove they don't deserve it. The Chiefs have won three of the last four. Yes, they they crapped themselves in the, the AFC Championship against Cincinnati. Yes, they did. Bengals just had their number last year, just like the Chiefs, for the most part, have had the Bills number. Yes, everybody's talking about how the Bills won on Sunday night football. Cool. That game didn't mean anything. They lost on Sunday, they won on Sunday night football and then the Bills lost to the AFC divisional round. I don't care about the that game. I care about winning the big games when it matters. It
2: should have mattered, Mike, last year, and it didn't. The well, Bills didn't. did not but put the themselves Chiefs in position. Two,
1: the Chiefs were two and three. The Bills were four and one. And the Chiefs ended up being the higher seeded team in the playoffs. That's that's so the more you know what? Part, right. Hey, this could go that either way, guys. Let's enjoy the game. The Bills just decided to not play fun. football in the middle. Chiefs Nation week. is going to enjoy this. Bills Mafia is going to enjoy it. And hopefully next week, me and Kev are celebrating a little bit. There so you go. we'll see.
2: Ron, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? As I know, I follow you and uh, get some good Chiefs content, uh, which does matter beyond just week six. No one's playing for week six. As much as this is fun. Tell us where we can find your content and what you got going on.
3: Well, yeah, I, I, I follow you too. And I, yeah, honestly bill's twitter is is insane you guys you know are, are some of the most thorough um in terms of of stats and all that and, and just breakdowns i you guys are, are great football fans so shout out bill's mafia um i i am the lead analyst at com. it's an sb nation site um so follow me at on twitter at ron underscore cop k-o-p-p um i you know i'm writing every day for com and uh you know, I, I'm a very frequent Twitter user, so yeah, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> appreciate
2: you it, Ron. Appreciate you, love. Uh, yes, sir. used to love jumping on your um, uh, your rooms as well back in the day of. Oh yeah, know, doing doing live chat. So Gotta everybody get out. Those. Yeah, I know. Get out there and follow Ron for some great Chiefs content all season long, leading into the playoffs. Both these teams are pretty much secured, at least be in the dance. So uh, follow Ron along for his ride. And as we get closer to week 17, but from the Going Deep podcast, Kevin Misery, Mike Bunt, really appreciate Ron jumping on here for this special edition. And uh, we'll revisit this. Maybe we'll have a part two of the crossover, uh, hopefully in the championship game this year and not the divisional round uh, going forward here. But Kevin, Mike, Going Deep podcast, stay tuned for the Cover One uh, film room coming up here shortly, as well as all the great content here on the Cover One uh, podcast network. We'll talk to everybody soon.
0: Josh Allen.
2: Looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills. What else would you rather be doing?
1: We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to
2: the Cover One Network. But right now, I just want to talk about this championship. I have never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus
1: more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop.
0: Deep throw. And it is called in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Allen. Deep down kill. Wide open.
4: Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S. 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org.